Hey there, welcome. Welcome to the Nice Work podcast of the Super Nice Club, where we're just doing our damnedest to make the world 10%, right? 10% nicer. 10% nicer. And we're glad that you are here to help us get there by every means necessary. Whatever works for you to make your world nicer and the world around you. Get on it. I'm your host, Todd Brilliant. And today we are joined by comedian, actress, super nice human, Erica Rhodes. Erica's list of acting and comedy bona fides is super crazy long, so I'll just mention a few real quick so you get an idea. Uh, she started out by voicing the conscience of Garrison Keillor on NPR's A Prairie Home Companion. Worked on that show ever since. She's appeared on ABC's Modern Family, HBO's Veep, and basically performs to packed houses around the world. Her most recent comedy album, Sad Lemon, hit number one on iTunes. Sad Lemon, so, you know, go get it now if you're into, you know, laughing and enjoying life and if you're not and you prefer misery and misanthropy and just kind of moping around the house and infecting everyone around you with a negative dour outlook that ends up with you old and bitter and alone like 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 really alone right where even puppies avoid you like the plague i mean if that's what you want for your life do not pick up Erica's album, Sad Lemon, because it's just not for you. Just <laughs> skip straight to the bottle. Okay. Uh, if, if my uh, tone of voice is overly fawning in this episode, I apologize, but not really. I just straight up adore Erica, and I'm betting that you will too. So before we get into it, a couple of quick items. This is episode number 62. So here's some super nice 62s for you. Do you guys like this thing where I do the super nice number thing? I don't know. Let me know. I'm just trying it out last few episodes. I think it's kind of fun. Anyway, 62 is the number of faces of two of the Archimedean solids, the rhombicosidodecahedron and truncated icosidodecahedron. Mm, yes. Did not know that. 62 is considered an angel number with six representing devotion and two for wisdom and flexibility. However, it is still not a prominent angel number in Western culture. I have no idea what an angel number is, but I'm sure some of you do, because I know some of you are listening in from Sebastopol, California. All right, what else? Uh, oh, Louis. Louis or is it Louis? Pasteur. I'm going to call him Louis. It's more friendly. Louis Pasteur developed the first rabies vaccination at age 62, which is also the Social Security retirement age. It's a good thing he didn't retire because rabies is all sorts of nasty and just, just a really unattractive way to go, the drool and the rigidity or whatever and all that. Sorry. I mean, I'm sorry if you've lost someone to rabies. I apologize. That was insensitive. I'm sure they looked great. Uh, 1962 was the year of the Cuban Missile Crisis when grown men publicly spanked their surrogate explosive-tipped penises in front of each other. Elected leaders, no less. Completely nuts. Batshit crazy. Seriously. We can do better than that. I don't know if we have yet, but we can. It's been 60 years. You know, elect better people. Let's work on it for a super nice world. All right, don't forget to pick up your super nice swag at superniceclub.com. We're going to sell out of everything and not make most of it again. So if you love the gear, now's the time. When we relaunch our lines, it's going to be different. But the Generation 1 stuff, oh, I'm sorry, Gen 1, the Gen 1 stuff, it's all limited and it's almost gone. Okay, turn off everything else, tune out the rest of the world, and drop in to nice work with Erica Rhodes. I want to do non-motivational quotes yeah. on Instagram. <laughs> which should go something like, just don't. 
<laughs> or there doesn't have to be another day. Or you can always live the life you imagined if you have a really bad imagination. Erica, Erica Rhodes, you're on Nice Work. I'm really excited. I'm really glad you're here. It took a minute, but we got you here. Yes, thank you. Thank you for working with my weird schedule. It's just, you know, famous comics, their schedules are busy. What it would, you know, I'm very patient. So you're in LA right now, right? Yes. What part of LA? I'm not going to divulge that information, Todd. All right. Well, like Northwest, Northeast. <laughs> Somewhere in the middle, maybe. I'll I have it. doctors. I don't want to tell them where I live. Oh, okay. That's I, a, I'm, I'm not saying that like it's a good thing. Like, oh, I've got like I'm famous. I just mean they're a weird creeps that like, like monitor my whereabouts a little bit. So for real? Yeah. Oh, that's not good. I, there was one guy who followed me to five states. Well, on that note, happy day after International Women's Day. Oh, thank you, Todd. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that's that sucks. I'm sorry to hear that. Hey, well, no, I'm follower. Just, I'm just saying why I don't say where I live. That's all. All right. So if you followed Erica to five states, it's it's just time. It's just time. It's time, it's time to fuck off. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway. So, okay. Well, that threw me a little bit, but that's, that's all right. So simple stuff. We'll, we'll rewind. We'll rewind. We'll back it up. Let's sum it up. Let's sum up your career. Like in, can we do it in 27 seconds? Yeah. I started right. as a kid on a radio show called a Prairie Home Companion. And then I tried acting for a long time and that didn't work out. So then I transitioned into comedy and I had much more uh, luck with that. Damn. <laughs> Damn, you nailed it. <laughs> what about the ballet and cello bits? That wasn't even there at all. I know, 20 yeah. seconds. That's, you did like eight seconds. You should, <laughs> you, you, that, cello bit. <laughs> so, all right, we got that. Did everybody get that? That's kind of Erica's career arc up till now. Uh, skipped right by the, the recent album, which was the number one hit on iTunes, Sad Lemon. So sad lemon, write that down. It'll be in the show notes, but download it, get it. I don't even have to pay for it, right? It's free because it's like on Spotify and everything where the artists don't get paid. Right. I mean, the artist gets paid more if you pay for it. Yeah. So <laughs> can you still pay for it? Yeah. On Bandcamp or iTunes or okay. Amazon, I think. All right. So you can get it on Bandcamp. Yeah. Yeah. Bandcamp on the first Friday of the month, the, the artist gets to keep the whole thing. The cool thing about Bandcamp, too, is that you can pay more than what the artist is asking. Oh, really? Yeah, or at least I have. Like, you know, they're saying, like, hey, buy the whole album for six bucks. You're like, damn, six bucks. And just. That's so. I have a funny story about that. So, like, the producer of the album emailed me once and he goes, somebody somebody sent $200 just as a donation and to Bandcamp to buy one album. How nice is that? And I was like, what's the name? And he goes, Christina Nelson. And I was like, that's my mom. <laughs> Way to go, mom. <laughs> mom covered groceries. I was like, mom, you could have just given me the money. <laughs> like, you didn't have to just, you didn't have to go, you know, 
She was, oh, but that's totally sweet, super, though. That was super sweet, but it was it was so funny. Like she was, she probably thought she'd be anonymous. Yeah, know? like she was trying to be sneaky about it, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So I just watched this morning your dry bar set. Um, and if you guys aren't familiar with dry bar, it is what it is. It's a bar that's dry, no alcohol, uh, just jokes. It's in Utah, right? Mm-hmm. Where, yeah. where in Utah? It's in... Oh, uh, not obvious. Is it Provost? I think yes, it's Provost. It okay, yeah. It's in Provost. I love the dry bar. They're, it's, it's a weird setup because they're Mormons, right? That own it? Yeah. They run it? Yeah. yeah so, it's, so it's clean sets, right? Clean sets, uh, no alcohol. But if you watch a dry bar set and you already know the com- comedian... Not comic, the comedian. Um, you, you notice it kind of forces some comedians to come at their material a little bit differently uh, to see if there's like a still, and you get to see if there's still a joke beneath all the filthy words of Satan. Um, no, it's interesting to like compare sets. Another guest of this podcast, Cam, Cam Bertrand, totally crushed dry bar. And he's like anything but a clean comic. Was that any kind of challenge for you? Or most of your materials are already fairly clean, right? Did you have to adjust anything? Well, after my set, um, when I came off stage, they said, yeah, that was a little spicy for dry bar. They told really? me, they told me my stuff was a little spicy a, because I talk about premarital sex and B because I talk about drugs a little bit and uh-huh. so two topics, like even though I didn't curse or anything, those topics were a little bit edgy. So did you have to go back and do another set? no. They kept it in, but I think they just thought like it was a little bit edgy. Huh. Okay. Yeah. I mean, premarital sex, I'm uncomfortable to say in those words (laughs) on the podcast. (laughs) Uh, I don't have any experience with it, but uh, I hear it's not as good (laughs) as what I hear. I hear it's totally not as good. Boys and girls, if you're out there, yeah, you might just want to wait. We're not endorsing it. We're not endorsing premarital sex. I didn't say it's okay. You know, I'm not for it. Yeah. I'm not against it, but I'm also not for it. Okay. I'm glad you cleared that up. Thank you. Yeah, I just um, don't get canceled over this. Right. Oh, no, it'll be me. Uh, I'm the one who brought it up. It's all on me. I'll fall on that sword. So, when do you know? I, this is really a, a naive question, I'm sure, but when do you know when you've won a crowd? You know, is it like, is it like any relationship? Like you win them, but then you're then up in fear of losing them or is it like done once you won the crowd? Like I got it whole set. Um, I definitely think there's a, a sort of like a wave, you know, like a lot of comics compared to like getting on the wave. And then once you're on the wave, it's much harder to fall off of it, but getting it is harder than like, if you, if you don't get them right away, it's an uphill battle all the way. So you want to get them right away. I usually know within seconds whether I have them or not. That's kind of just whether you get their attention right away or not. And then if I don't get them, it's kind of, it's then, then you have to sort of re- adjust and try to win them over. But, um, but no, you never feel a hundred percent like you're going to have them all the way. Yeah. I would imagine that's, I can't really imagine doing stand up. but if I did, I th- was thinking as I was thinking about, uh, you know, preparing for this podcast, I was thinking, God, if I was up there, I would just always be afraid that I'd lose them with the next fit, with the next joke, like just be totally petrified, like of that. 
maybe that speaks to my own sort of insecurities and relationships, you know, where I'm always kind of like, it's good today, but you know, is it going to be good tomorrow? They call that anxious attachment style, Todd. Yeah, that's me. A-A-A-A-S. Attachment. Or maybe it's A-S-S. I don't know. It's one of those. There's an acronym for me. There's a few, I'm sure. Um, no, but I that's think a, if, a crowd, if a crowd is on board, there there are kind of two types of crowds. There's either a crowd that's like judging you per joke, like each joke you have to win them back, or there's a crowd that just likes you, and then you don't have to win them back every joke. Those are the crowds that pay to see you, right? Yeah. <laughs> They're usually invested in having a good time, so they don't want to. They don't want you to fail. What about when the crowd is completely sober, like at Dry Bar? Did you notice any difference? Was that your first setup like that? Um, no, I had done that club a few times, and a lot of times they don't drink a lot. Um, but they did have a ton of candy, so they oh. had a lot of sugar, which might wow. be better than alcohol because they're all revved up and they have a high energy. Yeah, you just have to have a short set before that sugar crash hits, right? Yeah, you've got about 45 minutes, I think. That's about what your set was, wasn't it? Something like yeah, that. but I did it twice, so I had two shows oh, back to oh, back. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, we were talking about me, which I like, the uh, my, anxious, <laughs> my anxious attachment style, which made me think about this. The last podcast guest had Jamie Smart, baseball player, and he was talking about just mental health issues during COVID because he uh, and a lot of athletes, especially student athletes, have all sorts of performance anxiety issues, mm-hmm. right? Um, not talking premarital sex, talking about like when they're, you know, at bat. Yeah. Uh, and it's huge, only sort of uh, uh, exacerbated by COVID. So this whole axiom, or I don't know, maybe it's more of a generalization, maybe it's not even a real generalization, a true one, but that comedians are sort of like crazy to begin with, and they're dealing with their, the material is the therapy, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Is that something that, that you found is true? Do you have a, with your community of fellow comedians, you guys get into that? Is that something that you share with each other? Like, ah, we're all kind of dealing with this stuff and you help each other through. Is there, is there a camaraderie there? Oh uh, yeah. I think in a way, um, I think a lot of comics have mental health issues. Some are more open about it than others, you know? And then again, like we were talking before we started this, that some, probably there's a lot of addiction issues and um, I'm lucky. I don't have that. I don't have like a substance abuse problem. And I'm grateful for that. Cause I think a lot of comics are very like very um, self-sabotaging. Like they'll, they just like look for some reason to fail, but, or they look for things to hide in. And you think more than the general public. I mean, you sound like you're describing kind of like everybody in the world in some ways to me. Well, I guess it's debatable. I mean, I think comics have a reason. I don't think it's the healthiest uh, profession. Like, I don't think it attracts people who are raised in like a very wholesome, normal household or had a very normal life. I think, I mean, it's not really normal to, I was talking to somebody recently about how it's not a healthy thing to seek validation from strangers. Like, that's not like a healthy mindset where you're every day being like, I need validation from strangers. Hmm. Yeah. I'm, I might need to revisit my social media addiction. <laughs> then. <laughs> I think maybe- Everybody has it. And like, right. I think we're all kind of doing it, but I think that comedy 
you're trying to make a profession out of it. So mm-hmm. that's not necessarily the healthiest. That's true. And if you have that perfect childhood, there's not a lot of material there. Well, I think that specific psyche involved with a comic's brain like your brain is not operating in the exact way like people who wouldn't want to do what you're doing because so many people are like I could never do that and you're like well that's healthy Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's not like a healthy thing to to want to be a comedian I don't think yeah I think that that is part of the generalization when people look at comedians like right that there are people who are struggling and, and not just comedians but also creatives of a lot of stripes the people who are trying to express themselves for a living. Yeah. Right? Comedians, actors, artists, writers, you name it. It's all something where you're expressing yourself for a living. I find it kind of, as we talk it out a little bit, I find that kind of sad that that's the generalization that these people who are trying to bring lessons and beauty into the world are tend to be the ones, if we go with this generalization, who are not healthy in a lot of ways. Well, but yeah, but you could look at it as a negative thing, or you could say that people who have experienced pain in their life are more empathetic towards others and want to bring joy to them. Mm -hmm. If if it's coming from a pure place and not an egocentric place, it's like, oh, you have empathy for people in pain. And so hopefully you have good intentions where you want to lift others up. Yeah, I like that. So what what I what I'm hearing, what I'm wanting to hear (laughs) is that... (laughs) <laughs> that comedians and creatives are the same ones. Are the same? Are the same. These are the are the same ones. Oh, the, trying to lift up the world. Yeah. Well, you're the one trying to compartmentalize whether they're crazy or not crazy. I'm, no, I was trying to ask if that was fair. Um, I mean, if I it was a fair assessment. I think that they think they might think in a non-traditional way. That's all. Okay. But I wouldn't call it like crazy or. You know, but I do think there's a re. I I don't think the pursuit of comedy is like a normal career path. Agreed. We can agree with that. Yeah, we're not arguing, right? Yeah. No, no, no. We're okay. That'd be that'd be awkward. No, we're having. Right, I don't want to argue. I haven't argued with a guest yet. Let's no, not, I, let's I not was start. trying to figure out what you were looking for. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. Ever. <laughs> in the answer, though, in the answer, like what I was, what question I was actually answering, I wasn't sure about. Yeah, me either. I wasn't even sure what the question was I was asking. <laughs> but I I was sure, I am sure that I was reading through your Medium posts this oh. morning. <laughs> um, okay, maybe just a couple because I was didn't have a lot of time and I should spend more time prepping for these things. I apologize, everyone, but first to you. No, but a recent one, honestly, is A Thing of Beauty. Uh, it's called Unfinished. And you start off talking about how how you broke up with your therapist yeah. for, for being kind of a dick, you right? Went yeah, right. Um, accused you of faking your feelings, which is just like shocking to me when I read it. I was like, wait, what? This is a therapist? <laughs> I was shocked too, believe me. I was like, did he just say that? <laughs> I'm, I think you're faking your sadness. What was he, what was, what were the feelings that you were accused of faking? I was really upset about something that I won't get into, but um, I was very upset and I was emotional about it. And I called him because I was not home. I was like on the road and I called him and he's like, I just have to say, like, you're not going to I don't think you're going to like this, what I'm going to say. And it might make you never want to speak to me again. But I feel like <laughs> and, and right there, it's like, well, maybe you should 
stop right there. Like what I'm going to say is going to make you never. He goes, but I feel like I owe it to you to help you like this. And he said, he said, I think you might be faking it. <laughs> and I was like, I was so shocked because I was crying. And I was right. like, how can you fake that? I wasn't faking anything. So then I very calmly said, I think I'm going to go now. And I never spoke to him again. Yeah, that's a good call. That's a good call. That It's also just like not a smart career move if you're getting paid to talk to someone and like, hey, I'm going to tell you something that it's not going to cure you. It's just going to make you. It felt very egocentric. Yeah. It felt very much like, ooh, I'm going to I'm gonna make a bold choice and this might cause her, to, but it might help her. Uh, you know, it was very much like I'm going to do a genius move here that's like really right. non like very off the beaten trail but also for a reason, like you shouldn't do that. Yeah. Um, so if you're counseling a friend or loved one and they're they're crying, um, try saying, I think you're faking it. And then message Super Nice Club. We'd love to know how that goes. No. <laughs> but then after that, you detail this, this ongoing exchange with your um, coach. Yeah, he's like my yeah. like my life coach, but he doesn't like the word life coach. <laughs> yeah, and he's asking you to an interject. I'm trying to remember. He's asking you to clean up your apartment, and you're like, "Yeah, I will tomorrow." And the, your guys are going back and forth over the days, and you're not cleaning your stuff up. Yeah, um, yeah. Finally, he was like, "What needs to happen for you to clean your apartment?" This uh, step by step thing, right? Yeah, and he yeah he had to spell it out for me because I literally did not know. I was like, I don't know what, where to begin. You mentioned that that taking these small steps was super valuable to you, like that you uh, hadn't learned basic life skills up to that point. So I read that and I was like, oh, that's really, that's, you know, a, a great exchange. Erica cleaned her apartment and, and learned how to do step by step. But yeah. I couldn't help when I was reading it feeling a little anxiety thinking, wait a sec, Erica's struggling to finish like a daily task list. And that's a problem because like I get up in the morning now and I'm creating this, this daily task list after I kind of have my tea now, now coffee, I've graduated to coffee. Thank you. Proud Mary coffee for graduating me to daily coffee instead of tea. Um, Proud Mary coffee is a super nice club episode 50 something or other amazing coffee, Portland, Oregon, Proud Mary. Uh, but then I write my task list and I never finish it. Very happily. I'll be the Yeah. This episode sponsored by Proud Mary Coffee. Uh, I never get through my task list. And I've only recently got to the point where I don't go to bed kind of like being bummed at myself. Like I didn't get through all my tasks. And now I'm kind of like, ah, you know, I did what I could. That wasn't my problem. My problem was starting even a task list. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it wasn't not getting through it. No, it wasn't not getting through it. It was like, well, you know, now I'm better. But when I first started working with him and his name's Harry Petsanis and he's great. When I first started working with him, I couldn't even do the basics. Like I could not clean my apartment. So like now I now I have task lists and I'm better at it. But I was so inept at like just the basic life things. It looks clean. I see a doorknob behind you and the very top of a couch. Both are clean. Oh, yeah, that's clean. Totally. <laughs> Good for you. Thank you, Todd. You did it. <laughs> Doing my best. <laughs> um, 
Your uh, your medium stuff is great though. So again, folks, this will be there'll be links and stuff wherever you wherever you find this podcast. But I would I would recommend taking a look at Erica's writings. I decided um, that instead of a podcast because, like we were talking before, it's like every comic has a podcast, and I felt pressure to do that. But then I was like, you know what? I kind of just enjoy writing because I don't need anyone else to be there. I do it on my own terms. It's also so much more genuine than being a podcast host. Being a podcast host is not a good way to uh, <laughs> really get across like who you are. It's all it's all just kind of nonsense. Seriously, it's this. I don't even think this is the voice I would use when I'm talking to somebody in real life. Oh I, it sounds totally it sounds natural. like my voice. You're totally but, natural. Oh, I mean, to me, to me, I sound like I'm doing this. No. So, Erica, tell us about your childhood. You know, no, like, huh. when I'm editing these things, it's just awful. I cut out as much of me as I possibly can. Like, who is that? What is that voice? Yeah. Oh, um, oh, thanks. Say that louder. Super nice club. Be nice to yourself. I try. It's, it's why I launched the club. Everything we do, everything we do is self-help, I think, at some point. I mean... No, that's not true. There's a lot of stuff that's just totally straight up self-destructive. But everything else, yeah, is self-help. So did you do you remember if you had a leap of faith moment when you said, Man, this is gonna be 10 years of gnarly grind, but I'm doing it. I'm gonna be a I'm gonna be a stand-up. Was there ever a that I think I had no clue. I think what helped me do it is I was so completely naive to what I was getting into. I remember there was a click moment because the first time I did it, I did an open mic and I posted it on Facebook and my manager was like, you need to take that down immediately. Like, I don't know what you're thinking, posting your first open mic, you know, people will see that. And, um, but then I did a show like, and he helped me, he helped me learn. He taught me basically how to write jokes. And I wrote 10 minutes in a week and then I performed it at a show and I taped it and I showed it to him. And I remember we were, uh, I had met him at the old meltdown, remember meltdown, or it was like the old, uh, room behind the a comic book store. And now it's out of business or nerd melt. And, um, I met up with him and I showed him the video and he was laughing and he was like, now you're doing it right. And I think that was a moment I was like, "Uh oh, <laughs> I like this, you know, no turning back. So, yeah. Have you had to reaffirm that decision over? I mean, I was just I would just think. So newsflash, folks, comedians doing stand up night after night, they're not usually making a lot of money. All right. They're not all wealthy. You might see their names everywhere, but most of them, unless they're top of the marquee, are grinding. All right. So, I mean, you could probably make more money like working at Subway <laughs> on an hourly basis, right? I mean, you're putting in so many hours behind the scenes. More than that. Yeah. I'm saying when you're starting out, when you're first starting out, like the first. Anything. You're not making Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. did you have to reaffirm your decision to be a comic a lot in the early days when you're just working so hard and not making any money? Or were you just like, this is the path, I'm on it? Um, I, well, I wasn't good at first, you know? So, even a year in, I think I had one really bad show where I got zero laughs. Like, I mean, it was silent the whole time. And my, and I, and my manager was there and afterwards we were walking in my car or our cars. And I said, uh, maybe this isn't for me. I was like, maybe this just isn't for me. <laughs> 
And he said, it's too soon to tell. And he was right. You know, so I kept going. I got over the hurdle of bombing for a year and slowly started getting better. And I got less, you know, I got uh, off script more. I wasn't so like, these are my jokes and I'm going to perform them. Mm -hmm. A robot, I was much more in the moment and it started to get more fun. But yeah, I had a lot of moments like that where I was like, is this, am I not good at this? (laughs) Yeah, I would think, I mean, that's the takeaway is that whether it's, you know, comedy career or you're transitioning into whatever, whatever career leap you're trying to make, it's just going to take time and there's going to be doubt. And if you're passionate, if you love it, you can't quit, folks. You just can't. You just have to keep going until you, you know, get across that gap. There's going to be a valley after your initial excitement. One friend of mine told me it doesn't matter how good you are now. Like it does. I remember that being very comforting, like, cause I had only been doing it like three years and he was like, it doesn't matter how good you are now at all. Anything you do, you have to commit to, you know, it's so hard to like, to feel like, oh, I'm not getting rewards right away. It must not be worth it. But if you look at anyone successful at anything, they, it was years and years and years of it. It wasn't just like five years or six years yeah. And you have to disregard those crazy outliers, the, the people that just pop in and they're successful all of a sudden. That can be really... I don't know who you're talking about. I know zero people like that. I, I'm not necessarily in comedy, just in the world. You know, people are like, oh, you know, they... Uh, in the world is, is yeah. that, that person you're talking about. Who, maybe, Besides me? Well, the um, person that came out of the blue and got super successful like in a, a year. Mm, that's a good question. Somebody that came in and just I'm nailed it. Imagining these outliers because I don't think they exist. I think it's since I, I since I moved to LA, I hear these stories from actor friends who just talk about people. Oh, they just moved here and they already landed that role right away. But you know, to be fair, that that may not be that might be the tip of the iceberg. These might have been people who just moved here after doing ten years of stage acting back east, but right? Because somebody gets a big break doesn't mean they're, you know, going to keep getting them. Like I, I met a mm-hmm. guy who had booked a big film when I first moved here. And I remember we had conflicting viewpoints about how a career works. And I remember having, you know, an argument with him about it. He really thought it was all about networking, right? He thought it was all about networking, who you know, who you know. And he would go, he'd spend all of his time going to parties, all of his time trying to hang out with cool people. And I was like, I just don't think that's the way you do it. I think you build your own base, you blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, 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 you got to network. Well, he quit recently. Like he quit like like five years ago, I think he quit. I think he ever did another film. So just because you get one thing doesn't that doesn't guarantee your whole career path. Yeah, you have to keep working. Um, but speaking of networking, I noticed something about networking. Um, you're in the house. You're in the clubhouse. Oh, yeah. I was very reluctant to join that. Yeah, but you're there doing cool stuff. What What is the thing that you're doing? I'm doing a joke show with my friend, Aaron Darling, and... We do this ridiculous uh, joke show. It's like um, she and I are writing partners and we were writing a script mm-hmm. one day and we were uh, too lazy to write the stage direction. So we were like, just how about we just write actors, do, do whatever you feel in the moment. And we thought that was so funny that we we ended up making an entire show where we had where we get like improv actors and comics 
to to act out a play we wrote but didn't write and it's it's all improv so we give them a subject matter like last week it was taylor swift's wedding and then they just improvise on clubhouse which is just audio for like 20 minutes and 20 minutes of really bad improv like on purpose basically and then we do, we do a Q&A after talking about how the whole thing made us feel. And it's like very pretentious and very serious. <laughs> Perfect. Do you have a regular schedule on it? Yeah, we've been doing it every Tuesday, like at 9. It, well, it was 10, but we moved it to 9 p.m. Uh, Pacific? Yeah. Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Pacific, everybody. Really uh, check it out on Clubhouse. Yeah. It's sponsored by Proud Mary Coffee, that show. So Clubhouse, yeah. you're also on Twitter a lot. Yeah. Like a lot. Like you know what my problem is? I like the I think I like words better than pictures. Like I don't like Instagram. I don't like TikTok. I think I just like words. Like I like jokes. I like writing. And so anything where it's like word related, I like. I like that as a platform. Speaking of Twitter, Jack Dorsey, the guy, the the Twitter king. I've read that he looks like he's going to rake in. Maybe you saw this. The the bid right now is two and a half million dollars because he's selling his first tweet as a non fungible token, an NFT. Did you hear about this? I keep hearing about it, and I'm still really perplexed as to what the heck it is. I don't understand at all. It's not it's not comprehensible, but <laughs> so don't even try. Um, but his first tweet, which reads. Yeah. Just setting up my my TWTTR. I think he meant Twitter, but he's a busy guy and, and busy people don't have time to spell out whole words, right? Online. Oh, yeah. You know, or or IRL, right? He's going to donate the money, folks. It's okay. He's not a billionaire who's just being greedy, but he's selling his first tweet for $2.5 million. So I'm just saying, being how tech savvy you are with clubhouse and and the twitter maybe you got to start selling your jokes as nfts maybe i will i don't you're, know can somebody teach me how to do it though i don't understand how to do it yeah i think you just um you screen capture it and then you put it up on ebay now i think that's what it is no that's pretty much what they're buying yeah I, I, uh, listeners for two and a half million dollars you can have me all right, like 24 seven, you can just own me or you can have a screenshot of Jack Dorsey setting up his Twitter. I mean, either way, the joke's kind of on you, right? I mean, seriously, it's just, it's nuts. I didn't know if you'd gotten into this NFT thing because I'm, well, I'm sure. I'm confused by it, but I don't, I don't understand it at all. I like the I, concept. I like the concept that there there might be a way to monetize, you know, things that you couldn't monetize before because there's too much free content now. Mm -hmm. I, th I think if people, it's just like any other monetary system. If you both agree that it's an equitable exchange, then it's an equitable exchange. Right. At the end of the day, that's what it goes for. You know, can you really own a joke? Not really. You know, do you get the rights to tell the joke? Well, I <laughs> the think exclusive rights. Yeah. It's not so it's not so um, prevalent. Like it's not everywhere. It's just, it's almost like just a few places rather than like limitless supply. Yeah, I'm not sure how it works with things like a, a tweet because right, a tweet, anybody can can screen capture that. It's what it is right now is it's flexing. 
It's like really wealthy people are kind of flexing. Like I spent three million on Dorsey's first tweet. I, I own a little yeah, piece of that, man. Kind of dumb. But eventually, I think it will have some really good uses for for creatives and and artists that aren't just the famous ones, but just a sort of a, a way a a better certificate of authenticity. Right. You no. Know? Or when you sell your your when your next album comes out, it might be something where uh, the who what band is it? There are a couple of bands that are selling their albums as NFTs. Kings of Leon is doing it. Yes, Kings of Leon is doing it. See how that works out for them. I mean, there's no there's no downside there. They can sell their NFT and then still release it out to the streaming services later, where they get paid very little. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, that is um, the with the streaming, it's not it's not a great platform for money but it's sure a great platform for me i've got millions of songs that i can listen to on my phone all my albums are sitting out in the garage in boxes and i'm just laughing at them thinking you're so useless it's all, for, it's all pro consumer but not pro artist that's the problem no you're totally right it really is and it's only limited pro consumer in terms of like the sound quality yeah not as good as you know anyway I have a lot of comedy records and it's just, there's something about a comedy record. I mean, a vinyl, a piece of vinyl, something about comedy on vinyl. And I don't mean to sound like an old man right now, folks, but seriously, like when you take, like I have old, I have a ton of old Lenny Bruce, Richard Pryor, uh, um, Red Fox. When you're sitting down and you open them because they're comedy. So they usually have like funny liner notes and they have visuals and, and stuff like that. Uh, I want to get and it's, vinyl of my album, actually. It's super intimate when you're sitting there with, with uh, or it's like Steve Martin. Maybe it's a childhood thing, too, although I never listened to comic comedians as a kid. But there is something about somebody talking to you through speakers right. with a record that's really cool. Yeah. Great. And just 23 minutes per side. Mm-hmm. And then you have to, like, flip it over. Stop. Take a break. Flip it over is what I have. Well, vinyl, I mean, I usually come back for sure. Yeah, vinyl, right? And yours is available on vinyl. No, I no, but I'm considering it. It's available on a CD. Oh, it is. Which a lot of people have bought actually. They bought the CD. Okay. Yeah. Um, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I won't hold it against you. Let me make a note. I'm gonna make a note. No, no, no. I'm gonna make a note right now. Yeah. Bye, Erica. Autographed signed copy. Okay. Buy Erica's CD. Fantastic. There we go. You want to give something away? Me? I'm, yeah. I've No. For, well, yeah. Help me give something away. I'm, I'm supposed to give something away during... I decided to give away some Super Nice Club swag during each podcast, but I haven't figured out the mechanism yet. So let's like let's just give something away right now. Let's give away like um, a hoodie or a hat. What do you guys want? Do you guys want a hoodie or a hat? Hoodie. Yeah, a hoodie. Let's give away a hoodie that costs more money. Okay. Um, okay, so what do they have to do? What, what, it should be something to do with like our Instagram page or something. Yeah, follow us. and it, or Okay, write something on your Instagram page. Write, write, explain to us what MNFT is. Yes, I love it. Okay, you have to explain to Erica Rhodes. What's your Instagram? Is it just, is it Erica Rhodes? Yeah, it's uh, Erica Rhodes. R H O D E S. Yeah, Erica with a C. Is this live? Erica with Erica with one C. Are we live right now? No, oh. we can. We're just acting like it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, explain what <laughs> NFT is as in as few words as possible. 
Oh, I like that. 27 seconds or less. Okay, so explain to Erica using your Instagram feed what non-fungible tokens are uh, and then tag Super Nice Club and Erica and then you'll be entered to win a Super Nice Club hoodie. I think we're done. Yeah, that worked. That was it. Okay, that was it. Great. We just did it. We just gave away a hoodie. All right. I can't wait for these explanations. You get a you get a hoodie. Uh, and then I'll do the drawing. It'll be legit, I promise. It'll be super random. It will be. Yeah, I, all of these all of the contests are completely above board. What's up? When does this go up? Uh, I think two Tuesdays from now. Okay. That might be I don't know. Well, my special is coming out on April thirteenth. April thirteenth special? Yeah. What's the special all about? I did it at the Rose Bowl um, as a drive-through, so I taped a whole special as a drive-through. Oh, really? Like a drive-through? Like everybody parked? Yeah, it was like right at the Rose Bowl, and they had like a screen up and all the cars and. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And then they did the radio thing. Yeah. Or did you just yell really loud? Speakers just booming, or was it radio? Both. Oh no, they had the radio. They had the radio. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then. was it, did, I'm not trying to be funny because I'm not, did, did people honk for applause? Was it that thing? Really? They did. Oh, they I did. missed this whole thing. <laughs> so where's it going to be released, the special? So Comedy Dynamics did it. So they have their um, platform, but then it'll be on, you know, Amazon, iTunes, YouTube. Every, I think they, they do like a mass release of all the platforms. So okay, so is that Rose Bowl drive through an ongoing uh, series? Um, there were th- uh, four comics who did it. So okay. each special will be released starting March 23rd. And mine's okay. one. It's April 13th. Okay. Here's another thing I was thinking about, about comedy. Because I love comedy. I just don't know anything about it. I just like, you know, it's weird, but I like to laugh. I like jokes. It's a strange thing. But I was wondering, could you imagine like if you're watching a play and there's like an actor, say, playing um, – I don't know, King Lear, right? And they stop and they turn to the audience and they say, oh man, I could have delivered that line a little better, you know, like with a little more gravitas. That'd be super weird, right? right? It would totally throw the audience. But comedians often have these little moments where they kind of break down that wall and they reference their jokes. They'll say like, I'm still working that one out or that one didn't quite land. You know, it's like we're being let in on the writing and the craft a little bit in the process. And I love it. You know, it is. As an audience member, there's it's a little peak. It's revealing. You know, there's the person behind the comic, the person doing the work. Is that like a tradition that starts from somewhere? Is that the why of these moments? Are you consciously doing that to kind of like let people in? Well, I don't think people do would do that on like a special or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think it's everybody has a style. So sometimes people have that as a style like breaking the fourth wall, but some people are super clean and would never like Jim Gaffigan would, I don't think he would do that. You know, he's let, he's very specific with every word he uses. And he's so, you know, not rehearsed, but he's so, he's just such a professional. I just Mm -hmm. can't picture him ever. Well, he would do it on a a local show, but he would do it on a special or a taping. Would, would laughing at your own jokes sort of would that count as breaking that wall or is that separate thing that's one of the rules you're not really supposed to do that yeah <laughs> but they, you see i see i feel like is it chris rock that used to do it all the time 
I mean, people like, do it, but you're not really supposed to do it. It's is it part of the guild rules or something. I don't know. There are a lot of rules that people do break, but you kind of hear it and you kind of you cringe a little if you hear. Sometimes I hear comics like, <laughs> after every joke, and I just right. cringe. I can't. I can't. I can't stand that. Especially if the joke isn't that funny, right? Yeah, because you're, yeah. you're you're basically cueing the audience when to laugh by laughing. You're like, this is <sighs> funny, so you should laugh because I'm laughing. And it's like, actually, that's cheating. <laughs> that's true. Well, now I know. Now I know. So if you had enough money, you know, there's so many questions. If you had enough money, what would you think about hiring a full-time reader like Another thing I was thinking about this morning, coffee is amazing, by the way, folks. When you have coffee and you're not used to having coffee, you just have a lot of ideas. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, it's a, a much more alert version of marijuana. So like someone, a reader, like who would, you know, you would instruct them to read you articles that you find interesting online or like books or magazines. Would you hire that? Like a highly trained voice actor, you, they'd follow you around and you'd have them read stuff to you, a professional reader. I don't know. I just wanted to get your take. Would you? Would you? Would you hire one? I think it'd be awesome. Have a reader? Yeah, they just follow you around, and whenever you find an article, like, hey, you know, Jeeves, I'd like you to read that to me. No, I wouldn't. I like reading. Oh, <laughs> it would just save so much time. Like you don't have to. You know, they you could multitask. You're cooking, and they're reading to you. And any, they probably have like ten different voices they could I they could recite. A random person around me all the time. That's true. The whole stalker thing. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll strike the whole. To have some random person reading articles to me, like, I'd be like, go away. <laughs> this is a whole new profession we could have come up with, like a professional reader. I'm going to strike. I'm just going to strike that. It was a question I had this morning. I guess it's not interesting anymore. You, you yeah. in your life. I thought. An hour ago, I thought, yeah, but now... I feel like I dashed your dream. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Um, we have a super nice club insider question. The insiders are part of our um, community text app thing, and they get to ask the guests questions. And this insider's name is Dominique P. She's from Los Angeles, Dominique Pacheco. Uh, I've heard hi, Dominique. Hi, Dominique. We love you a lot. <laughs> we love you lots. We we're talking about you before before we started recording. It was funny. It was really funny. Yeah, can't tell you what it was. Um, Amazing Dominique asks, Erica, how were you able to shift your work ethic in the era of COVID? And what do you think is the future of in-person comedy? Wow, what a good question. <laughs> she must know me. I was able, I, I think I was able to adapt in a lot of different ways. Like I, you know, I first started doing Zoom shows. So I tried out a lot of material on that. And then I just kept working. I sort of just bit the bullet and said, you know, I think I had COVID last March. I don't have any close relatives who I'm worried about. So, and I live alone. So I'm, I'm lucky in that I just had the flexibility to keep going. I just kept uh, touring anyway. I didn't do, you know, I didn't do meet and greets after shows. I only did uh, clubs where it was socially distanced and safe. And I already didn't have huge audiences, you know, 
<laughs> coming anyway. <laughs> so I was like, honestly, I was in like a perfect place to keep traveling because I just, you know, I, I felt like I could. So I kept working and then I ended up shooting this special. And then people are like, I can't believe I haven't done comedy for a year now. And I'm like, I've been doing comedy pretty much the entire time. And then to answer the second part, what's the future? You know, I think it will come back. I just think nothing replaces live comedy. Like, I don't think people are going to get that fix anywhere else. I think people will still want to come out and, you know, laugh in person. So I hope I hope it'll still be a thing. Yeah, I hope the venues are around. Venues yeah, are what I'm worried about. But some of the venues have been open, you know, in Utah, Wise Guys has been open this whole time. And uh, other clubs around the country have been open. Yeah, they've been probably barely surviving, but at least they've been able to get some business. I'm looking forward to in-person everything. And I think a lot of people are. I think there's going to be so much joy at the first big show, especially out here in California, LA, where we just haven't been able to do anything. We're all going to be going back to the comedy clubs and the live venues I don't know. I mean, maybe we'll be wearing masks at first or whatever, but I just think there's going to be a lot of just strangers looking at each other and kind of wanting to high five and hug each other. That's um, I think people, yeah. people people are so sick of staring at screens all day long. They mm-hmm. don't want any semblance of normalcy back. So we're going to laugh at every joke so hard, even if they're terrible. It's going to be it's going to be great for the self-esteem of of brand new stand ups out there. They're like, oh, my God, I killed it. I hope uh, people decide to become comics. <laughs> I hope they have competition. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> uh, so you've been traveling, you were saying, the whole time. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. But not like vacation travel, like no, just, just work travel. Yeah, just for work. Yeah. And I went to see my mom at one point, but but yeah. Yeah. You know, a lot of us are thinking about where are we going to go on vacation when COVID's over? Those of us who who can or we just, you know, lost our work completely, so we might as well. Um, and I was reading about how the best way to plan a vacation this is a long like setup and segue, but just bear with me. The best way to plan a vacation is to uh, make sure the last couple of days are the best parts because, you know, recency bias, right? We, we remember, obviously, the most recent things in history, our personal history and our global history. So if you front load the good stuff, then the rest of the vacation is just kind of a slog in comparison, no matter how awesome the beginning stuff was, that how was your vacation? Oh, it was all right versus putting all the good stuff in the end. And then you're like, oh, it was the best ever. So with recency bias, oh, in courtrooms too, right? Like lawyers, they do the closing argument. That's that's when they, when they get you. Do you think that works in comedy as well? Like, should the end of a set be always your very best material? Um, I mean, I don't know if it's the best, but you kind of want to close with some sort of, some sort of big punchline, but I don't think it has to be the best joke. Do you feel like when you're setting up a set and they're long, your sets can be, you know, an hour long. Do you ever feel like the entire thing is just hit after hit after hit? Or do you have to kind of stagger the stuff that you're the most comfortable with, front load it, spread it out evenly? What's the, are there different sort of ideas of of how to weight a set? Yeah, I mean, I think you want a strong opener and a strong closer. And then if you're going to put new stuff in, you usually put it like, you know, after the second half somewhere, you start, so you can win them back by the end. You don't want to put the new stuff up top and you don't want to put the new stuff at the end. So usually put okay. somewhere in the middle 
so you can recover if it doesn't work. That okay, so this part right here, this part about the closer should have been in the middle somewhere, it sounds like, right? Because this is kind of meh. You know, it didn't really, it wasn't that insightful. My question wasn't that great. I should have put this in the middle somewhere. <laughs> well, I don't know where you're going with it. Maybe there's, maybe I'm supposed to close out strong, you know? No, no, I, 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 can, I could edit it and put it in the middle. No, I'm just going to leave it here. Yeah, leave, leave it here. Organic. I'll leave it here. Right or wrong. Yeah. 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 All right. I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to learn from the master here. I think that. Podcasts are different. Podcasts yeah. are just conversational. So you don't have to close out anyway. You can no? figure out at the end. No. You can okay. like, okay, guess that's that's it. <laughs> <laughs> dot, 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 dot. We, uh, I do kind of have a loose structure in that I, I wrap them with, with two things. The first, which is the super nice challenge, which is where the guest gets to issue a challenge to listeners, just something they can do to make their world a little bit better or the world a little better. Do you have a challenge? you can throw out there for people besides going to see live comedy as soon as possible and as much as possible? Um, yeah, I have a challenge where people could just call, call somebody up that they haven't talked to in a while and just check in with them, you know, not, and I, not text, but an actual phone call. I think that that's a good challenge. It is. And it's one that gets, we have to issue again and again and again, right? because we do it. And then we don't keep doing it, right? You do it one time. Like, oh, I need to check in with somebody. A phone call, yeah. And I like that you said not a text because text, it's a real thing, but it's not really. It doesn't really count. No. You know, like, would you ask somebody out by text or would you do anything important by text? I hope not. So call someone that you care about. Yeah. And, or, you know, go visit them maybe or just turn to them because they're in your house already. They might be in bed next to you, you know? <laughs> Check in with your person. Okay, challenge accepted. Uh, and then we wrap by you get to ask me a question. Any question. You get to you get to be the host for a second and throw it back at me. Okay. What's one what is something that you what's the thing you enjoy the most about your podcast? <sighs> if anything. God, I mean it's the it's the the post podcast drinks. <laughs> uh, it's it's the reason the reason I do it, which is just to um, learn from the guests and share uh, their inspiration, like why you became a comedian, what the hurdles are for you, you know, personally. Um, I always get off of the podcast feeling inspired mm. somehow. I mean, I do. I'm not just saying it. Like, I always get off going, ah, I love that they're on fire about what their career is. It doesn't matter what the career is. This podcast has had a wide range of guests mm. and they, they do wide ranging different things. And, you know, it may not be something that I'm natively interested in. Right. But if the guest is passionate about it, man, I'm interested. I'm interested in that person. That person becomes super interesting to me. And it challenges me to be as passionate and as interesting uh, to someone else about what it is that I'm doing. I mean, I don't know what it is that I'm doing, but when I figure that out. You're the, doing lots of stuff. <laughs> so that's it. The, the favorite part is talking to really neat people. I think that's hopefully if you're doing a podcast, 
that's what you're getting off on, yeah. right? Is is talking to cool people, especially during COVID when that's really limited. Yeah. The, the you know at least out here. Um. So yeah, that's that's what it is. I get to, I get to talk to you. Aww, yeah. fun. I think that was a good closer. That was a positive high note. What do you think? Should we use that? They're great closer. Okay, cool. We're gonna use that. Uh, <laughs> Erica, real quick. So what? What do we, what do we, you have a March 13th show in Gilbert, Arizona. Yeah. I noticed that Gilbert's a tiny little place in Arizona with a lot of money. Yeah. And then I'll be in, um, what do you call it? I'll be, uh, near San Francisco, I think Alameda, Alameda. Yeah. That's East Bay. Alameda is a cool little town. If you're there and it's opened up, there's a great pinball museum in Alameda. I'll be there March 19th and 20th. March 19th and 20th in Alameda, your Rose Bowl unnamed mystery show is April 13th. Yes. And every Tuesday at 9 p.m. on the Clubhouse. <laughs> uh, what's the name of the show? How do they find it? Actors Improvise. Actors Improvise. So that's every Tuesday. Yeah, and that's on Clubhouse, and we post about it on Instagram. You know, what's exciting about that, folks, is you loved Erica, and it's Tuesday right now when most of you listen to this because he's come out on Tuesday. So tonight, tonight at 9 Pacific, you can get more of Erica improvising. It's going to be awesome. Um, okay, cool. Seriously, thank you for being on, Erica. Uh, it's really great to talk to you. And good luck. Good luck being you, being funny and, and tearing it up. Good luck being you, Todd. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> So there you have it, a super nice conversation with super nice Erica Rhodes. Isn't she awesome? Told you she's going to be awesome. Did I tell you? I think I told you that. I think up front in the intro, I said she's going to be awesome. Sad Lemon, her record. Go to her website, ericarhodes.com. Check out where she's performing because she's performing all over the place and maybe near you. And if not near you, near someone you know who you can message and say, ah, you got to go see Erica. Let me know how it was. Maybe, you know, illegally sneak a recording of the, of the show so I can check it out. Anyway... Erica, fantastic. Guess who else is fantastic? Tegan Quinn. Tegan Quinn of Tegan and Sarah will be with us next week. Next episode, episode 63. Back-to-back superstar episodes. You're going to love it. You are going to love it. As much as what? As much as I love you. (laughs) All right. Stay nice, everyone.
chances that you just become 10% more nice And all we ask is that you just become 10% more nice And all we ask is that you just become 10% more